Welcome to Low-Key Convos with the JTI Peer Leadership Fellows. Hi, I'm Sophia. And I'm Lucy. Join us as we talk about topics that matter, current events, and ways that you can connect with our community. Jewish Teen Initiative at CJP connects, inspires, and empowers Jewish teens throughout greater Boston and beyond. Learn how you can get connected and subscribe on jewishbostonteens.com. We'll keep it low-key. Let's schmooze. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Loki Convos with Sophia and Lucy. It's been a while since we released our latest episode and we missed recording so much and we're so excited to get into today's topic. So today we'll be talking about Jewish representation in the media. A lot of people have things to say about how Jews are represented in the media and how people portray Jews on social media and on Netflix and television. So we just wanted to give our hot takes on Jewish representation in the media. So first, let's start with TikTok. So as we all know, TikTok is this huge social media platform that's boomed in the past like two years and everyone's on it. Everyone's using it or not everyone. I should say a lot of like teens our age but also there's like adults on this app obviously there's so many people who use tiktok right and so many creators and it's kind of it's easy to become popular on tiktok because there's all these like you can post a video and you know it can go viral and there's so many chances so there's this one woman who is on tiktok and she's labels herself as a modern orthodox and she's probably in her like 40s I'd say her name is Melinda Strauss and I personally love her I think she's so awesome she basically what she posts on her page is she like answers questions that people ask about Judaism and she also posts like what she makes for dinner for Shabbat and just like a bunch of days in her life and like things about her life yeah, so her username is at the real Melinda Strauss. She just, and that's exactly what she is. She's really real and she's authentic. And her TikTok page is just a lens into her Jewish life. She talks about her kids attending Jewish sleepaway camp, her kids attending Jewish day school, um, what they're making for their Shabbat dinners, how they observe different holidays, what her relationship is like with her husband. So it's a really interesting lens into this Jewish world for so many people who aren't Jewish. I think she has like over half a million followers. So that's so many people. Not all of her followers are Jewish. And I think that's one great thing about her is that she reaches such a large and broad audience. So like Sophia said, she answers these questions. And I think that's so great because she's telling people about her day-to-day life, her like Jewish life. So, so many people have these questions about Judaism and Jewish people that will go unanswered. People just stay confused, but she gives a platform that answers people's questions and kind of like closes those discrepancies. And I think that like, she's so great for the Jewish community and people like her who are so authentic and just raw with their followers. I think that's so cool. Right. And she really expresses herself as a Jew and as a woman and as a mom. And she shows all these aspects to her life. So someone's never met a Jew in their life. They're like, oh, like, you know, they, they learn about Jews, but they also learn she shows other aspects to herself, which is awesome because it's like really real because you obviously have different aspects to your life besides just religion. 
Yeah, totally. And I think this is one of the really positive sides of Jewish representation on the media is when Jews get to represent themselves how they want to be represented. So that's exactly what she's doing. And like her kids will be on the episodes and her husband and she'll have friends and family. So it's a really nice collection of people with different backgrounds and perspectives. And she'll be really open about things. Like she'll even take her followers into her grocery store to show the different kosher items. So to someone Mm -hmm. who doesn't even know what being kosher is, now this is like a history class. So I definitely am a supporter of her. Right. And I like how she balances her Judaism with the rest of her life. One thing I love about Melinda Strauss is she has these try-on hauls where she gets like clothes from like different stores. Like I know she loves Old Navy and she does these try-ons and I think she'll like buy jeans. And at first to me, I was like, oh, like she's modern Orthodox. Like I thought she wouldn't wear jeans, but I like how she like is takes Judaism into her own spin on it and shows that it's not just like a set of rules that you have to follow, that there's a creative journey and there's like you make Judaism the way that works for you. And like she talks about how she's observant of Shabbat and that they don't use like their phones, they don't like they don't go in the car um, and things like that. So but she like wears jeans. So like it's it's not just like there's one type of Jew or like there's one rigid definition like it's you know there's so many different types along with melinda strauss there's a few other orthodox couples that they like meet up with like you know how tiktok collabors will like meet up and like make mega tiktoks Mm. and like make mega money so there's this other couple she meets up with i don't remember their names but they're like funny like the rab he's the husband's a rabbi i think and he's like hilarious he's funny Mm -hmm. and the wife she is also orthodox but she covers her hair and that's when comparison i love that her relationship and like friendship with melinda is that like they're both orthodox jews but they practice like slightly differently mm-hmm. and they were saying how like their kids like had school and like christmas and stuff and i found that to be so so different than me because i've never had school on christmas like I've always been on winter break, even when I went to private school. But so it's just been kind of a new thing. Yeah, it's interesting. I think it's cool how like it's connecting the Jewish world even more, too, because people from different maybe sects of the religion are learning about people within their own religion. Like for me, I'm learning so much about the Orthodox sect, but I find it so fascinating and interesting. And I think that gives Jews like awesome representation to their own people and to people beyond the Jewish community. Right. So another TikToker, I guess she's also a YouTube star and I don't even know how to categorize her, but Trisha Paytas. If you've not heard of her, I suggest you Google. Or if you have a social media platform, I suggest you just look her up and familiarize yourself with her. She married an Israeli guy, right? He's Israeli. And his name is Moses. Mm-hmm. They recently got married. I think they actually got married twice, like in two different locations. Like I heard that one- they got married in Israel. Is that true? Uh, probably, but I also saw their Hawaii wedding. So if I had a lot of money, if I like was a billionaire later in my life, I'd also have like weddings my like diff- at different locations. But I don't think I'm going to experience that. But anyway, that's not the point. But Trisha, because she married this Israeli, or maybe not, but she has mentioned like her interest in judaism and like Mm -hmm. i think she's converting right i think she's in the process of conversion 
Okay. She's in the process of conversion, but she sang some Jewish songs and like some prayers on TikTok. And it's been controversial because some Jews have seen it and been like, oh, like, why are you praying? Right. And this was, I think, before she converted. So some viewers saw this as an offense. But I think some people were welcoming. But what are your thoughts on that? I mean, her content by some people has been called cultural appropriation. Some people have called her anti-Semitic. Like, I'm personally not a fan of her and I don't really I'm not really too familiar with her content. But all I know is she has caused a lot of tension in the Jewish community on TikTok and social media and beyond. And that's not the only community that she's ruffled their feathers. She's I think she's had issues like similar, like cancel culture issues with other communities. And it's just upsetting to see like how it affects the Jewish community in a way, because there's tensions and people who aren't Jewish are, or some people who maybe aren't too familiar with Jewish culture or aren't Jewish find her content like funny or like kind of like, oh, she's turning like Judaism into like a meme in a way, which is harmful. And it's interesting because her like, like problematic content around being about around Judaism causes other people to then stand up for Judaism. So there's kind of that cool backlash where people are uniting and coming together and being like, Hey, this isn't cool. Um, like blah, blah, blah. This is why like, um, kind of explaining and educating. So out of this difficult content creator is coming some cool community unity between Jews and non-Jews. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I don't know that she's actually, like, means to be Mm anti-Semitic. I think she just doesn't realize, like, what she's doing isn't really, like, respectful, I'd say, because Mm -hmm. her husband, I assume, is Jewish, right? Yeah, I think he is. So, right, so I don't think she'd purposely be anti-Semitic. I just think that's the way it comes off. But also, I think part of it could be for views and could be for attention like you never know mm. like what's going on behind these creators minds before they post like she could mm-hmm. very much know what she's doing but just be like this is funny and this is going to get me views and attention um yeah. or she could just have done it out of innocence and not realize that it's offensive to some people i think you're right i don't think she has the intention of harming the Jewish community. But I think that is one of the effects of her actions. Like I've seen Holocaust survivors condemn some of her actions. And a lot of Jewish creators have said like, Hey, this isn't really right. And I think she's apologized and kind of, Oh, okay. Like, and she's tried to learn from it, but I think there's just like so many scenarios that she's become like controversial in the Jewish community, especially on TikTok. Right. It just feels like sometimes Judaism is a joke on her page where it shouldn't Mm -hmm. be like, it's not a joke. It's a religion. She has such a broad audience that might not understand what her like supposed joke is. Mm-hmm. That is where it's harmful because then people take these jokes too seriously and problems occur. But like I said, right. I don't think it's necessarily intentional harm. I just think it's one of the like, negative side effects. Right. And also you have to remember there's kids on this app who are like eight or 10 who if they have never met a Jew in their life, they're probably thinks think that Jews are a joke because they see Trisha's video mm. and they're like, oh, Trisha, she's a creator. She probably knows it all, right? So you have all these people on TikTok who might not be educated about Jews 
or maybe never met one. So that's also one of the dangers of it is even if someone sees it and knows it's wrong, they can scroll scroll by and be like, oh, like, that's not cool. Like, that's kind of off. Yeah. Unfortunately, on social media, not everyone. Yeah. And I think you're right with that comment, too, because a lot of times, like, like the youth are using social media and getting influenced and it's like shaping their minds in ways what they're seeing like scrolling like getting into that like zombie scroll so that's a whole other that's topic me tbh yeah no it's seriously but that's like a whole we're other the topic youth, lucy <laughs> me and you i'm 18 we I don't... talk we, we talk like we're like 40 we're 18 age reveal we're 18 basically i agree i think like younger kids are seeing these this, these things and like they'll make jokes about it and turn it into their own like haha trend but it's really not mm-hmm. but yeah i think she's a whole like topic that i could go on about for a while but that's like very she contrasts melinda strauss in a very different way because they sh- shed a light on the jewish community in just two completely different like areas so now let's discuss my one of my favorite controversial Jewish topics is my unorthodox life. Our favorite show. And if you don't know what it is, it is a Netflix documentary um, starring Julia Hart. She's a Jewish businesswoman in the fashion industry. Um, so there's this documentary, I think it, what, like 10 episodes or something? Is it re- I think it's reality TV. It's not a documentary, is it? Is that not the same thing? <laughs> okay, okay. Reality, <laughs> reality TV is like Keeping up with the Kardashians. I think it's reality TV because documentaries yeah. are like one movie. Okay, yeah. Then that would someone, definitely someone be... let us know. Someone let us know. I think it's a reality TV show then, but there's definitely a lot of staged. Um, so it's not a documentary because there's too much, or maybe documentaries can be staged. I don't know, but this show is very staged. But not the point. What I was saying is it's this TV show on Netflix. It's a Netflix original about Julia Hart, fashion industry, major businesswoman, Jewish family. So she has four kids, Batsheva, Miriam, Shlomo. And what was the last one? Aaron. He's Aaron. He's the youngest one. Okay. And basically this takes place after she's divorced her husband, who is also an Orthodox Jew, just like her. And she kind of, I mean, not kind of, she does escape her Orthodox Jewish community and Mm -hmm. becomes this like New York City businesswoman, like CEO of her business, super popular. And this Netflix reality TV show just highlights her thoughts and feelings after she escaped her Orthodox community. And she is very, very against her community. She set points out a lot of the negatives and how it affected her. And that kind of concept is controversial to a lot of people because they think like, oh, like she really, she really talked down this community and that's harmful mm-hmm. and all of these things. But I think on one hand, like she deserves to speak her truth. And I don't think like that should be taken away from her. Her experiences are her experiences. But also from the flip side, I understand why, especially the Orthodox Jewish community would be upset that there's so much bashing. So she was born in Russia. She was actually born in Moscow. And then she I think she moved to Texas and then she raised her kids and got married and everything in Muncie in New York, which is like this very ultra Orthodox community. Mm -hmm. So basically, if you leave this community or you get divorced, it's, like, a big disgrace. Like, your whole, like, your whole family, like, becomes a shame. Like, it's this huge big deal. Like, you can't just, like, 
like in our modern world, if you get divorced, it's not that big of a deal. Or if you become more secular, like choose not to observe, like it's not people won't look down on you necessarily. But in the ultra orthodox community, it's like a big, big deal. So that's why leaving was so hard for them. But I think she portrays that community as like toxic and Mm. as a bad environment. But that was just her experience. Like that doesn't mean that the Hasidic communities like in Muncie or, you know, the other Hasidic communities Mm -hmm. like in New York are necessarily toxic. It's their way of living. And like Lucy and I couldn't go and jump in that community right now. A, we wouldn't be accepted and B, we weren't we weren't raised like that so we wouldn't know how to live in a society like that mm-hmm. but i think what the show shows people who don't know this who don't know that these are the rules the orthodox the ultra orthodox people and that there's different sects of judaism and that mm-hmm. they just see it as oh like you know they can see it as oh why is her family treating her so poorly like why are jews being so unsupportive like things like that. So I feel like she kind of gave up her Judaism and lost faith, which is kind of upsetting to me because I don't know. I feel like they're just, they've totally gone like a different path. I think like the thing about the show is the actual content, there's so many things and tensions to talk about, like, like we were saying, because there's definitely a two sides to everything. And there's so much to be discussed about the physical content. But then the second layer of it is the ripple that the show had on the Jewish community over the media, because people started all these discussions around Judaism and around the portrayal of Judaism. And that started a lot of discussion amongst people about representation of Jews in the media and on mass media, especially Netflix. So I think that was both a positive and a negative outcome from the show, because one, you had like, like I mentioned earlier, you had people standing up for the community. You had people uniting and educating and being like, hey, there's also these really cool positives to the Jewish community. There's not only negatives. And then you also had people speaking out about their experiences in Orthodox communities, like similar to Muncie or even from Muncie. So there was like those kinds of discussions that were started, which I think in a lot of ways could be seen as a positive. But then there's also the negatives because people started this raised some anti-Semitism because people were like able, because people were running with some of the content from the show and using that as like fuel for anti-Semitism, which is a whole huge topic that we could totally get into. And we will get into not this episode, but that is one of the problematic outcomes, I think. But I, I almost think that there's, if you're going to have one side of people talking in a positive way, like Unfortunately, I think you're always going to have like the counterpart of people talking in a negative way. Yeah. Yeah. Like one of my, our family friends, like they're a lot more religious than us. They're Orthodox and she lived near here. Now she moved to Muncie and she's doing great. Like she's thriving and that's her community. So Mm -hmm. people, it's not like there, it's bad or it's, it's like the way it's just her experience was like that. And, and she's just different. And there's this one scene from the show where she writes this book and she shows she has her kids like read a few chapters and I was watching this with my mom and I was like cringing because sometimes like you know when you're watching certain shows with your parents and like it's just like cringeworthy I don't know if they did it like if it was staged I mean it was most likely staged but the content of her book is very explicit and very 
raw and real and not something that would be allowed like to just be talked about in a book or even read about I think in the Jewish in the ultra orthodox community so that was something that was like very shocking to me I'm like are they doing this for the views like you know for the popularity of the show or or, I don't know because if my mom wrote a book like that and I had to read that like I don't know I just wouldn't (laughs) yeah I, I totally know and I know what scene you're referring to and Another thing kind of going off of that, but also going off of kind of what you mentioned earlier is people who are watching the show and don't understand like the different sects of Judaism might think that one, everyone has the same experience, which is obviously not the case. Judaism manifests itself differently for everyone. But two, people might think if they know what the different sects are, they might think this is what life is like for all Orthodox Jews. I do not think the show did a good job at expressing the, like the different variations of Judaism and how not everyone lives in a community like this and all of these things. I think that the show like maybe assumed that its viewers would have this like previous understanding of Judaism, but I definitely do not think that's the case. I don't think enough people are educated about Judaism. So when they had such a big audience, I don't think all those people would have that prior knowledge necessary to kind of be able to jump into the plot and understand what's going on. So that's one one of the downfalls, I think, of the show that I'll definitely call out. Yeah, I think another downfall of the show is that she got out, right? And now, like, mm-hmm. she she's like a billionaire, right? She has this beautiful penthouse in New York. Like, they have so much money, mm-hmm. like, so luxurious. But and it kind of sets up a false view that, oh, if you come out of this community, like mm-hmm. and you're gonna be able to start something and make so much money. Like that's just false. Like she mm-hmm. had money to leave with. Like she had money from the beginning. And yes, she worked hard, she created this, you know, huge company and but she had somewhere to start with. Like if you just leave and you're a plane from a like a middle class family, like you're really going to struggle because you're going to be excommunicated from this community. Like, mm. Most of your family won't talk to you. Everyone will look down on you. Like, how are you going to start a job? Like, it's going to be really tough to make a living. So I think she's lucky in the way that she had money, like, to start with. And she left yeah. with money, which definitely puts her at an advantage and lets her have this luxurious life. Yeah. And I think they did touch on that in the show about how she was lucky to have the money because you really do need the resources to be able to get out of a community Mm -hmm. like that. But there are parts of the show that they just need to explain more. Like, I think they're coming back with a season two. And during that, they need to, yeah, they need to explain because I'm pretty sure they still are practicing Jews. Like they're not as observant as they were, but there were a couple of scenes where they might've had Shabbat dinner or done like things like a couple other like, like Passover things. I think they should yeah, there are some scenes yeah. and I think that's great and I think they need to tell viewers even though we're not living in Muncie anymore we're still Jews and we don't hate this religion because honestly some episodes it came off that she did it, I felt like she didn't like the Jewish community and if I feel like from a, I'm watching it and I know that she's still Jewish because I can tell she's doing like lighting the candles and having Shabbat dinner and I recognize these these things I can only imagine what someone who doesn't know like what like Judaism is thinks she now feels about Judaism like I wonder if people think like she just hates hates it like doesn't want to be part of it in any way because I don't think that's the case I do think she still wants to be a practicing Jew I think she's just I think she's frustrated and mad Mm -hmm. and 
isn't really sure how to express it because she's she like got married at such a young age because that's what happens in the Orthodox community. And you start having kids at such a young age. And I think she's still trying to find herself in the Jewish community and like how to find because the spiritual connection with God mm-hmm. um, in a different way. So I think she definitely still, you know, is observant and believes in God and all that because you're born with that. It's like she's had this for so long, but it's finding that balance of like, I'm upset with what happened or frustrated versus like my new life. Yeah. But like overall, I think it's cool how Netflix gave a Jewish family such a big platform. Like they had a Netflix original about a Jewish family. I think that's so cool. And that's honestly like a nice stepping stone to get more Jewish representation in the media. So adding on about Orthodox shows or shows that portray the Orthodox Jewish sect, my parents made me watch this like show with them or we're still watching it now. And it's called Shtisel and it's on Netflix. And it's like, it's, it's not a reality TV show. It's like a TV show. What do you Mm -hmm. call a TV show that's like staged, but like, it's supposed to be that way, but it's not reality, but it's real characters. Just like a TV show. I don't know. Like a series. Yeah. It's a TV show. It's a series. And it's in Hebrew, but there's English, like, subscripts. Not subscripts. I've seen the preview for this show. I've never watched it, but I've oh, seen really? the preview. Yeah. So my parents have watched it before, and they were dying to make me watch it. So being the amazing daughter that I am, like, fine, I'll watch <laughs> it with you. In the first few episodes, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, okay, this isn't really, like, the typical shows I watch. But I'm getting into it now, and I really like it. And it portrays, like, the ultra-Orthodox community in Israel. And their life is so much it's just so different. The fact that the parents have to, like, if there's a matchmaker and, like, the parents, like, have to set you up. Like, I can't imagine, like, my parents finding me a husband. Like, what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and, like, meeting them twice or three times and, like, okay, we're engaged. And then, like, okay, we're married. Like, it's just such a different experience and something I'll experience when I'm getting married. And just, like, their whole, like, atmosphere and, like, the the grandma was like wanted a TV because she was like in a nursing home. Like her son was like trying to take it away from her because like watching TV is like not good. So it was just very different. It's a good show like to get into, mm. but yeah, lots of different sects of Judaism. But also this show has like in a way connected me with like my like spiritual side and like my belief in God and in like a really weird way. Like I could connect with the characters. I don't know. Does that happen to you when you watch a show like? you kind of like understand like get connected to the characters yeah I know what you mean and I think this show sounds interesting my one question for you is is it hard to watch like with subtitles I feel like that would be a struggle so it's not but like I'm someone when I'm watching a show I like to have a snack Mm -hmm. and like I can't really take my eyes off the show because they're like I understand for phrases in Hebrew but I don't like I'm not I can't like speak mm-hmm. Hebrew fluently so I wouldn't know what it's saying if I'm not looking at the subtitles so it's not hard and I'm not a reader I, I don't read so it's not hard coming from <laughs> me but basically it's, like yeah, reading a it's book. just natural yeah that's cool I think it's no, nice it's also not like reading a book I haven't read too many books in my life but it's not that hard okay well I was gonna say it's kind of cool because 
at least I know how like when babies hear a new language, they like are more like apt to like, like yeah. learn that language. So do you think that's happening to you? Like you're hearing Hebrew, like maybe you'll start to learn it. Yeah. It's coming um, back to me because I used to learn it in elementary school. Mm-hmm. And a phrase they say a lot is like Baruch Hashem, which means like, thank God. Mm-hmm. And I've been using that like phrase so much. And in my life, I've been like thanking God more be- of what I'm going through. I'm like, oh, wait, like I've had a good day. Like everything's going well. Like, thank God. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. That's so interesting. It's really cool how like things like that like manifest themselves in our lives. Right. Like Maybe someone on the show, show would be like, yeah, someone on that show will be like, how are you doing? Like, mashlamek, which means like, mm-hmm. how are you? And they'll be like, kotov, like, baruch Hashem, like anything like, thank God. I feel God. like I'm so, in Hebrew like, class right now. <laughs> <laughs> so they're always like thanking God for whatever is happening. So even if they're mm-hmm. like going through a hard time, let's say like, they're like upset or like something's not perfect in their life. They're still thinking God. And I think that's such a good outlook on life because there's always things to be grateful for, even when everything's like not a hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Sounds interesting. Quite an inspirational show. So listen to, so listen to your parents when they tell you to watch a show because they might be right. Okay, let's wrap up this episode with one more hot take in the Jewish representation of the media. Do you have anyone on your mind that you want to discuss, Sophia? One of my favorite influencers, Carly Weinstein. She grew up in New Jersey and now she lives in New York City. She's 23 and her sister, Chloe, is like 18 or 19. She's younger. She goes to Syracuse and they're both both big on TikTok. But Carly posts a lot of like days in her life and she's more of like an influencer kind of showing all aspects of her life but she often talks about the Jewish community and especially when incidents happen when anti-semitic events happen she'll mention those and she'll talk about that and I think it's so important that because her audience is a lot of teens a lot of young girls a lot of other influencers from New York so it's so important for them to see that there is support for Jews and for if any anti-Semitic crimes happen like there is support and there's resources so I Mm -hmm. really value her for that because even though she's like you know she's famous in the influencer world and she has all these cool things and cool friends she's like very true to her Judaism and um, isn't afraid to speak up and is very brave so I admire that about her and like I think it shows other people, like, don't be scared, like, to speak up, like, you know, it's awesome. And she's just very influential. Yeah, I totally agree. She's such cool content, and she's very, very open about her life and very, like, raw. She's, like, that kind of big sister energy, but then it Mm -hmm. ties in the Judaism, like you were saying, like, she's not afraid to speak up. So she's really cool, and she's just one of those, like, I don't know if she's considered a micro-influencer. I feel like she's more than, like... What's a micro-influencer? Like a smaller influencer. Is that like us because we have a podcast? Yeah, I'd consider us micro-influencers. No, like people who have like smaller audiences. I I think she's graduated from that category. Like she's probably considered like a mainstream influencer now. However, like she definitely started her grassroots as being this tiny or like smaller influencer. Like I remember and she would like always like still be open to talking about her Judaism, which is so cool. Like you don't need to have a platform Mm -hmm. to express yourself. Like on her podcast with her mom, with her mom, Pam, it's called Okay, Stop Whining. It's on um, 
Spotify and they mention Judaism a lot and they talk about a lot of things. So it's awesome that they're able to talk about that to the media. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming that a lot of her followers aren't Jewish. So it's cool that they, right. the content is very integrated. Like it's not only Jewish, there's like half stuff about her life in New York city and like her life when she was in college and all of these different mm-hmm. kind of clips and pieces. So you can kind of just see how naturally her Judaism like flows in and out and how she's just always going to be like this advocate for the Jewish community while she's also going to be a fashion advocate and all of these things. And they're not isolated right. things. So right. that's really cool because I think like earlier we were talking about Melinda Strauss, but I think her content is pretty much strictly Jewish, which is so cool. Like that's her niche. But like Carly, right. for instance, she doesn't, that's not her niche. It's just very integrated into her page, which I think right. has a lot of good, that has a lot of good like symbolism and messages just showing that you don't mm-hmm. need to just be like a social justice warrior. Like you're allowed to like do other things with your life. Right. But they also live very different lives. Like Carly's like yeah. living out her twenties in the city and Melinda's a mom, you know, it's like. Yeah. Like and, comparing but, apples and pears. Right. Sometimes I do see anti-Semitic comments and stuff like that on Carly's videos that she posts, especially that she like, I think someone asked her like, where's your favorite spot to go on vacation or where would you go right now? And she said Israel. And I think that sparks some controversy, but Mm -hmm. she's really good at handling that. And like I said, I admire her for not being afraid to speak up and be like, I love Israel and, mm-hmm. you know, I love Judaism and speaking up for the community. So we need more people like that. Yeah, I agree. She's you a good know, influence. The next big influence. Yeah, we're the, we're the next ones. Round, yeah. we're up next. Our micro-influencing journeys will uh, firework into something much bigger. <laughs> if you want our autographs, just email us and, and we'll give you our autographs for free for now. That's a great jumping off point, Sophia, because I was just about to say, email us so we can hear your thoughts and your hot takes on Jewish representation in the media. We want to know. Please do, email us. Please. Like We're we serious. need this. Like we actually want to hear from you. Like, we want to hear from you. Just we want to say we want to talk to you and hear your thoughts. How do you feel about Trisha? How do you feel about Melinda? How do you feel about Carly? Have you seen my unorthodox life? What kinds of Jewish shows are you watching and what kind of Jewish media are you connected to? So let us know. We want to continue this conversation beyond the episode. Yes. And thank you all so much for listening today. We appreciate all your support. Bye everyone.